Hello and welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by another call out from Aruv. Her name is Alima. Did I pronounce that right? I hope I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> For a second, I thought I butchered it, yeah. But yeah, would you like to introduce yourself a little? Yeah, so my name is Alima. I'm a journalist. I work for the Bolton News and the Lancashire Telegraph. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a pretty big F1 fan. I live in Manchester, 25 years old. Well, I'm almost 26 now, but I'm going to say 25 um, <laughs> for now. So yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> How do you know uh, Arup? So we met at Desi Blitz in Birmingham. It's like an online Asian publication. And they started, she started working there after I started. And the, a beautiful friendship was born. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, it must, must have been if, uh, if yeah, she nominated you. When you said Desi Blitz first, I was like, is that some like really big Indian event or something? I don't, yeah, or a club. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. It's been a big part of our lives, I think. So definitely something she would have mentioned. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, getting straight into it, kind of, you mentioned that you're a big F1 fan, like checking out like kind of your Instagram and everything. It seems like you're really big into like motorsport in general, really. So I think a good place for us to start was probably what you mentioned beforehand in the, it was the Girls on Track program scheme. Yes. Can you like tell us like what's, what basically yeah, that is? Yeah, of course. So at the time that I joined, it was called Dare to be Different, but now it's changed to Girls on Track. It's the same thing though. It was started by Claire Williams and Toto Wolf's wife, Susie Wolf, originally, actually, who is a former racing car driver, as well as the wife of Mercedes F1 team principal Toto Wolf. And she made this group because she wanted to support girls in motorsport careers. It doesn't necessarily mean drivers, but of course, you know, racing car drivers who are women. But also, she wanted to support, you know, female engineers. Females in STEM subjects, you know, around the world, not just in one place, and girls who want to go into motorsport journalism. So we were like almost added on, you know, as an extra, I think, to what it already was. And it's an, it's a massive organization now, and they have ambassadors all over the world in motorsport, and they are amazing because they help you so much. They run webinars and things. They run events. They give you so many opportunities to network and so many opportunities to go to races to go to the teams in the headquarters of, of some of the teams, namely Williams, because, you know, that's, that's one of the ones that is highly affiliated mm-hmm. with the organization. But it's just so amazing. It sounds so boring at first glance. Like, you know, he wants to go networking, you know, where everyone's talking about science or engineering or something. But the people you meet there and things you get to see and do, no normal person gets to do this stuff. So it is just mind-blowing, honestly mind-blowing stuff so yeah so then how did you get into the program how did I get in good question so I am really active on f1 twitter and things like that and I always knew that I wanted a career in motorsport but it's like really difficult to get in and I think never underestimate the power of social media I guess I was just sort of scrolling along one day and I saw like a little ad thing for it and I just sort of applied for it and got an invitation to like a little webinar thing that they mm-hmm. were doing, introducing what it is. It was very, very new then, like very, very new. It was like in its infancy. And then I just joined it and started speaking to these girls. The, se- the session hadn't even started yet. And I started speaking to these girls. Um, and I think the one of the hosts, you know, had come in but not told anyone and just sort of really uh, enjoyed listening to us all talk, you know, and then oh, it was spy. Yeah, I guess it was like yeah, she was a spy, and that kind of led to you know more doing more with them and them sort of inviting us, you know. And there weren't that many members back then. I think you know there were maybe less members now. There are loads. So yeah, that's how I. No, did that's it. that's that's wicked. <laughs> and then like you personally, like how how did you like get into motorsport? Like where did the interest kind of begin? The interest began, namely for F1, I think, when I was about 10 years old, 10 or 11, I think I was 10. My dad was watching Formula One and so was my uncle and I never understood what it was like. I was like, what is this noise, you know? I was like, can can, can I watch something else? I want to watch a cartoon or something like that, I remember saying. And my dad said, no, don't worry, this is so fun, you don't understand, you know? 
And then anyway, I just sat down in front of the TV. I remember that day I was sat right in front of the TV because I was trying to understand what this thing that people are just driving cars going round and round is about, which is what people think at first glance. And then my dad was like, well, you need to choose a driver. You can't just sit there and support anyone. I was like, okay, who should I support them? And then my dad said, oh, this guy's new. It's his first race. His name's Lewis Hamilton. You should just support him. I was like, okay, I'll support him. I didn't even know anything about it. I didn't see him, didn't know him. And decided since he's new to the sport and I'm new to the sport, I'll just support him. And that's and, and I don't even know how I've got here today, but here we are. <laughs> that, that's that's a cool story, like Lewis Hamilton's first race. That's yeah, a, was my yeah. first time watching. So I've I've literally followed him from the beginning. You know, I was ten. I'm twenty five now. I'm twenty six next week. It's just mad how I've got how I've been a fan for so long. It's crazy. I think that Lewis Hamilton's rookie year that was the first. I wouldn't say I got into it, but I remember that I think that was like the first F1 race I might have seen. I think it was one at Silverstone. Not like in person, but I remember going to yeah, like a pub with like family friends yeah, for like lunch or something and it was on and it was like yeah. a quiet buzz, buzz around him. But yeah, I've, I've been kind of, I think during uni, I started, I had a housemate who was like really big into F1. So I watched like, started to get into it a bit more then, but I found it hard to like keep kind of keep track of it and like keep yeah uh keep watching it but then just recently i'd say this year i decided to been drive to survive oh that was amazing and really built for i want to say non-f1 fans i think to understand most of the stuff i already know i've seen but obviously watching the show i can see why it's very appealing and i do think it's amazing especially the first season so like this season i've watched every qualifier and every race like major i've been like proper into it hamish what's like kind of i think you've mentioned before like you used to watch it or seen bits here and there i don't actually like go out my way to watch it but because my brother's big into it like i think he'll watch it live and then he'll like watch the highlights or something on tv when he's eating and obviously since i'm sat here i basically <laughs> see most of the race if not like all the race or like so every, you have no choice race. it's like forced <laughs> there's some bits though i do like to watch like when they're like in the bits where they're actually doing like they're fighting for the overtake or like you know maybe sometimes a little some person got hit the other person and it went out not like in a bad way but you know like um, no i know like, what you mean the the intense bits because before i couldn't care less here but now i'm just like oh damn yeah like this is interesting you know have you seen drive to survive no i'm meant to watch it but that's like many things on my backlog yeah i'd, I'd recommend it. it is kind of it shows it seems quite unfiltered as well like you have drivers like just talking shit about each other and yeah it is isn't it <laughs> yeah like if i compare it to like football's my kind of main sport and you wouldn't have like football players coming out against other football players really yeah. change shit or like even teams yeah maybe managers but yeah it just is like i didn't think there was that much drama in f1 but it was like it doesn't see is. this is like, what people don't understand it doesn't sound or or seem like f1 has this much politics and drama around it because what you're seeing is just them on track and people think oh you know let's say there's a stereotype that football fans sometimes can be hooligans you know what i mean and, and f1 mm-hmm. fans are all normal you know like everyone's nice and then we are for the most part you know and that you know f1 teams are not like football teams you know what i mean but there's so much more rivalry that they're not going to show you obviously you know because there yeah. isn't enough time in time in, in their normal filming and sky not going to show you because people probably just think like the race starts, race ends, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, like, and you got to understand as well is it's very heated. You know, they are driving around two hours and it's hot. They were they're hot. They're gonna feel that tension. They're gonna feel angry. They're gonna feel so many emotions during, after, and before a race. You know, so obviously when they get out of the car, you know, when sometimes interviewers get some of the stick because they're speaking to them straight away, and obviously just got out of a hot car. Someone might have crashed. Something might have bad happened during their race. The last thing they really want is to is someone to say, "How did that go for you?" Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What's the kind of perception of the documentary been like within the F one community? Because I guess for outsiders, it's as you said, it's kind of it's really cool to like see it. Yeah. But then I don't know if people within F one are kind of like, yeah, we don't want these cameras following us around all the time and showing off like secrets and like how you work and stuff like that. So funny story. So now, obviously, Netflix are currently filming for their third season, but they're finding it a little bit difficult because 
some of the teams and drivers don't really want to say stuff anymore because maybe they've seen the aftermath of the seasons that have already gone and maybe they don't like what it's brought out in them or what it's brought out. And the thing is, Formula One drivers are not used to this type of publicity. You know, yeah. get you know, you get like I don't know, you get footballers, you get tennis players, and everything. But Formula One drivers are just Formula One drivers. They are literally Lewis Hamilton's the only celebrity there. Do you know, everyone else is just mm-hmm. they don't care, and and he's a celebrity and he still doesn't want to talk. So it's like to get them to talk anyway is quite a lot, you know. And and F one's all about secrets, it's all about you know everybody's car, everybody's you know. What are they using? You know, what are they doing? You know, what's going through their mind? For the first time, they've been vulnerable, I think. And this year, I think Netflix are finding it a little bit difficult to get answers out of them because they don't want to jeopardize something for themselves. And, you know, there's always changing going on. Who's going to what team? And if you've seen the show, you know how stressful it can be when you wake up and you, you see on the news your team are dropping you for next year and, and that that mm. is you know and so now everyone's like okay we need to make sure that Netflix don't find out stuff before we t- you know before we tell the world or before we tell someone and you know because I think while Netflix are filming obviously Netflix are going to hone in on any drama that's happening on track you know literally so let's just use you know last week as an example where Silverstone what happened with Max and Lewis was a big deal and I just thought, and I think every F1 fan watches thing the things Netflix moment because you know, I yeah, know yeah. for a fact, Netflix is going to have a whole episode on uh, last week's race. They're yeah. gonna, it's going to be titled something like Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton or something like that. And they're going to egg it up. They're going to go to Max. They're going to say, Lewis said this, this, this. And then they go to Lewis and say, well, Max said this. And then, you know, they're going to get reactions from both of them. And I think drivers now aren't biting because they know what yeah, will happen. Well, they tend to follow one team per race, right? Well, that's how Netflix show it. Yeah, So I guess usually, it might depend. Yeah. Like, hopefully they're following Red Bull or Mercedes for yeah. Silverstone one. Some teams aren't as cooperative, so. Yeah, yeah, I think you can just definitely, you can see it from some of the interviews in a documentary, kind of people being a bit, like, prickly or. They do. Like, I mean, even, you know, Daniel Ricciardo, who's so nice, and in one episode, as a joke, said, oh, God, you're here, because he's like, yeah. you know, he told him to fuck off, because he's like, he doesn't want to, Oh, it's a joke, obviously, when he, him sort of, you know, not wanting to speak to them. But I think it's because he knows that, like, they're going to dig and they're going to maybe twist something, you know, and, and they're scared of what they might come across as on Netflix yeah. because they know that it's not just F1 fans watching this. It's people who don't know them. And this is will be their first impression. So Yeah, I thought, like, for someone who wasn't, like, didn't have that much knowledge of F1 watching documentary, yeah. I thought Daniel Ricciardo came off really, like, probably the best out of, like, everyone yeah. from it. Just like his personality and humor and everything. That's what he's like, I think, in F1 as well. Like, he's just one of the nicest guys. He genuinely is the nicest guy in F1. So happy, you know, always so positive. He's a damn good driver as well, you know, and gets on with every teammate. He's never fallen out with any teammate. He's, I know he left Red Bull, but he didn't fall out with Max. Him and Max are actually best friends to this day. So, nothing to do with Max. Is your favorite driver still Lewis after? It's Lewis and Daniel. Yeah, Lewis and Daniel are my two favorite drivers. I mean, I feel like I'll have a phase with another driver sometimes. You know, I really like Seb as well, Sebastian Vettel. Um, You know, I like Sword Russell. I feel like I'm not as much of a fan as him now. Sometimes he can... Why now? Oh, it's just, I just feel like after his crash with Bottas, I just think he did not show his sportsmanship that day. He he pushed him. and, and And I just think, I get it though, on track, because on track, when something happens so quickly and you get out the car, you know, it's like road rage in a sense, isn't it? All the F1 drivers have a certain amount of road rage. And, yeah. and his immediate reaction was to push him and, and swear at him. And I just thought, that's very childish and he's older than yeah. you. <laughs> have some respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all competitors. Yeah, in the documentary, did it include. I don't know if it's too recent, but basically, do you remember when the car crashed and went into flames in the, I think it was last season? Yeah, yeah, it did. Did they include that? They did include that. Yeah, they did. That was a huge... That and was did a... they include the, I think it was the Ferrari driver who instantly was like one of the first people to ask if the person was okay, like on the radios or something? Yeah, Leclerc, Leclerc. Yeah, Leclerc. Had, yeah. Basically, he, I think they did, they didn't show the full radio message, I think. don't think. Um, they didn't show everyone's. Leclerc has lost friends in in motorsport before so when he sees a crash like that i think there is some 
I don't want to say PTSD, but I just want to say there is a form of trauma. And so he immediately wanted, just wanted to know, is he okay? And it looked like it wasn't, you know? And so we'd be forgiven for thinking he was not alive after that crash. So definitely he was, you know, beside himself because he didn't want to bury another, another friend, another driver, you know? Unfortunately, in this sport, that is what happens sometimes because they can make it as safe as they want, but a crash is a crash at the end of the day and you don't know what's going to happen to the car. So, yeah. Yeah. That incident, like watching on documentary, it amazes me how like he got out. Yeah, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. The engineering of the cars and just him himself, like his quickness. It shows how far we've come in sort Mm. of safety and protection in F1. That One of the things is the halo that they have, which is like around the car, is like acts as a barrier. Every single F1 driver hated this, didn't want it. And he has saved them so many times now. There are so many accidents that have happened in F1 that they wouldn't have made it out alive if it wasn't for that barrier, for that halo. So now obviously they get it, you know. But he, yeah, that the way that car went up in flames, he should not, everyone in F1 will say as well, he should not have been alive. Like that is a miracle. There's someone watching over him for sure. The halo though does like block, there's a line like going straight through the middle of their like helmet. Yeah. Right? Does it not like kind of block? Division. No, 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 it doesn't. It's uh, the the so the way it looks in the car is not how they see it when they're driving. It doesn't make any yeah. sense when I'm saying it, but so the way the car is 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 designed is to make sure that it's safe, but it will not hinder their performance. And I think the F1 drivers originally thought the same that it would hinder them, but it hasn't at all. Like they can still see perfectly. It doesn't get in the way of anything. Yeah, and I guess the upside to like saving their lives is probably a bit uh, I mean yeah you know <laughs> the fact that most of the accidents they have in when, when it's when they're saved by it I think, I think they realize very quickly I'm so glad that you know I didn't vote against this uh, halo in F1 yeah Hamish did you do you have any kind of if you were watching an F1 race would there be any kind of driver you'd be rooting for currently because I've seen it a lot more since obviously I returned from uni so I'll say like Lando Norris was starting to move into it and obviously he's a bit younger than us, but like, you know, so like, you know how you had an entry person to watch it. I think like, although obviously I know Hamilton's like the goat and so I'm like Lando Norris and then he does collab with like some of the YouTubers we watch. So that's always like, it's just yeah. like another reason to support him. So like Lando Norris is always someone that I'm hoping, you know, is doing six. So like the other day, we, a few races back, he was holding off Hamilton from overtaking him, I think in a race. Mm. I was just like so gassed. I was like, he's definitely like, a force to be reckoned with. Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. during in the middle of a race, actually, and he Lando didn't win or anything, but Lewis Hamilton in the middle of a race, just towards the end of the race, actually, yeah, went onto the radio and said, "Wow, Lando, what a guy, what a driver," you know. And and I suppose for Lando to hear that from Lewis is a good thing because he looks up to Lewis. He said in the past that he's met Lewis while Lewis was you know, climbing the ranks and Lando was a kid and now they're driving neck and neck, you know. So he's definitely he's definitely a future world champion. He's amazing. He's the fact that he's out qualifying his teammate that Daniel Ricardo constantly and Daniel's got way more experience than him. He's got wins. Not that I'm saying Daniel is not a good driver because Daniel is amazing. But it could just be that Lando is better. I think he's third he's third in the championship at the moment, right? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. Lando is doing amazing. Yeah, I'm always guessing. Yeah, yeah. He also like streams to Twitch, I think, occasionally as well. I yeah, don't watch it, but, he like... does. He does. I think this is what makes Lando very likable as well. Is I think so. Obviously, during lockdown, they couldn't race, and everyone else wasn't doing anything. And I think then Lando kind of found his new thing, I guess, which is live streaming on Twitch and things like that. And I think e racing and things like that like helped Lando build a new fan base and I think a lot of young people look up to he brings young people to the sport he brings the shall I say the YouTube the online community to F1 that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for people like him and Carlos uh, Sainz because they're both kind of similar so I feel like Lando has capitalized on that not in a purposeful way but just he just himself he's like he reminds me of like Peter Parker Spider-Man a goofy kid you know so nerdy doing his thing everyone loves him <laughs> yeah he seems like when he's like driving he seems like he's just a massive fan just like off the sport and he's like really enjoying it yeah yeah I'd, I'd probably say i'd probably say like lando and lewis are my favorites lando's been getting me 
loads of points on fantasy f1 this is my, uh, <laughs> definitely a good person so to have <laughs> and also his name is just cool lando lando I think it just like it is isn't it <laughs> yeah it just works doesn't it what do you make of the current f1 season do you have like any what have you thought about it so far and what do you think is gonna kind of happen looking ahead i'm enjoying it i think lewis not being guaranteed that he's going to win is good. I'm a massive Lewis fan, but I'm I'm really into F1, and I, I feel like I'm, I would have got I was getting bored of just seeing him win constantly. Hopefully, Lewis fans don't hate me for saying that, but it's true. You want to see him beat someone other than his teammate because, to be honest, his teammate isn't much of a challenge for him anyway, and Lewis always beats him. So to see him actually fight for it, you know, and have neck and neck, you know, sort of overtaking and. It's 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 racing, and that's why I'm so I was so angry last week about people being horrible to Lewis about what he did because I think this is racing. This is racing. This is what you pay to watch. So why then, if you vet everything, there won't be a race. It'll just be everyone's too scared to overtake because they might crash or they might do something. But I don't think F1 should be there. F1 should be free. You know, I'm not saying you know crash into each other and on every weekend or anything like that. Yeah. And obviously. Very dangerous move should be should be penalized, but I think this year is is actually really interesting so far. And what I like is I'm not just concentrating on who's winning. You know, the battle isn't just first and second and third. The battle is in the middle of the pack. It's at the back of the grid where everyone is fighting for a top ten finish. And I, I think that's what I like. I like seeing what George Russell is doing with the car. I love seeing Lando and Daniel overtake because those two, when they're overtaking, are really really good. McLaren you know, have amazing pace now. You know, I love seeing what everyone else is doing. And I think everyone, most people are improving other than Haas, but you know, Haas are just <laughs> terrible. So I wouldn't drive for them. If I wanted to be an F1 driver and someone said, oh, you can get in with Haas, I'd be like, you know what, forget it. <laughs> I'd be the really? back of the grid every weekend. What are you proving? I feel like there's a Haas, there's a curse on that team. Anyone who drives for them, there's yeah. always something. Yeah, yeah, it does look a bit, they're, well, they're, but they're pretty new, aren't they? They're an American. Yeah, team. they're newer than most teams, definitely, and they are American. Um, and they just—they did have a f- their first year. I think wasn't too bad. They were in the top ten, I believe, first year or two, and then it just went downhill. It doesn't help that they had drivers that were just constantly crashing, you know. But yeah. nothing's changed. Now we have Mesa spin because all he does is spin around and yeah. literally just crash into. And it's just lucky that he's at the back of the grid, really, because otherwise he would be causing so many accidents. Yeah, I'm so I'm slightly rooting for Mick Schumacher though, just because like Schumacher, yeah, be, yeah. Like, quite a, quite a nice story. He's a good driver. He was good, you know. Obviously, when you join F1, how good you are is different because those drivers are obviously at the top of their game. That's why they're there. And so it's very different, I think. And Mick is still very young. He's in his early 20s. He's got a long way to go yet. Yeah. And what about like, if I ask you for a prediction, I know there's still like a really long way to go. And they're quite neck and neck at the moment. Yeah. Aren't they, Max and Lewis, especially after the last race? There's like eight points, I think, between them now. If you ask me, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lewis because, and not this is not just because I'm hopeful. It's because Lewis is like, what he did last week shows you give him a, a tiny gap, tiny chance, and he's gonna he's gonna fucking take it. He's not gonna be like nice guy, you know, let him you know, should I, shouldn't I? He's gonna take it. And I think Max has just been caught out by that now. So unless Max realizes this very early on and how to block Lewis, he's gonna struggle. Because I think Max is kind of when he's under pressure, he's not as good and he's very young. And not saying he's not good because he's a brilliant driver, of course. Very aggressive though. And before in the past, I think Lewis has given him space. And now Lewis isn't going to do that. You know, he's going to go for it. And I'll tell you what, this makes him more hungry for this world title. He's only got another two years in F1 that he's signed up for. I don't think he's going to stay longer than that. So I feel like Lewis wants this. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, once you get to the peak, why would you want to stay? You know, and he's got seven. How, How old is he? He is 36 now. I think yeah, thirty six. Lewis Hamilton, thirty six. Yeah, thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, know. he's 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 getting on. <laughs> but he doesn't look it, does he? And well, he needs one more championship. One more to championship beat to beat Michael Schumacher's record. record. Okay. So and, and I know yeah. Lewis is hungry for that. He does not want to end it on equal. Yeah. He wants to be, you know. No, he's got. Higher. He's got to get yeah, it. he wants to leave it when he's like 
you know, I suppose considered a legend, if you could say that, because obviously some people hate Lewis Hamilton. Well, a lot of people hate him, to be fair, but you know. Were you going to say something, Hamish? I was just going to say, like, sometimes I feel like Bottas maybe is not good enough to be driving that other Mercedes car with him. Like, I swear, like, every time I see Bottas race, I'm just like, man, what is he doing, bro? Like, if someone (laughs) else was in that car, I swear, like, they would have way better results. Like, for example, literally Landon Norris, I feel like he would have way better, a way better time in that car than Bottas does. George Russell's supposed to be taking it, right? He is a favorite, but George Russell's also been seen talking to Red Bull lately, so who knows? what he's thinking Ooh. of doing and obviously mercedes are watching his progress so they're obviously gonna as has happened quite a number of times they don't take the driver that is on their driver program they take someone else for a while and just hold up the driver for a minute hold him off until they think they're ready for him the only thing is with mercedes is although valtteri is not good he's not even a good number two to lewis hamilton anymore to be honest he doesn't help out as much but i will say that Having someone like Lando or George in the car, Lewis is going to be a bit, I don't want to say threatened, but they're not going to sit there and be number two. Those two will not sit there and be number two. They will be like, no, we want to we wanna fight for this. We want to race. So Mercedes are a bit, they don't want a repeat of Rosberg years because that was traumatic for them. Yeah. You know, cost them so much money in all the crashes that they both caused with each other. So they're probably thinking, do we just keep Valtteri as a number two driver, you know, for Lewis. And unfortunately, every team has a number one and number two. And that is just how showbiz, baby, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do feel that I do that teammate thing's mad to be honest. So like, okay, Hamish, if me and you were teammates, yeah, for Mercedes. Right, I wouldn't, I would, I would fight for the win. <laughs> exactly, say, like, yeah, yeah. I think I'd, yeah. I think I'd, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd listen. If there was a race here, like where it would basically like say it's a benefit for you, like it's going to set you a standard, like a like say I, I lose like one championship, I'll do it, yeah, sure. But if it comes to like every other race or like something, my intent is to smoke you. So like we've seen like obviously Bottas and Hamilton's yeah. cars clash in the past multiple times. I'm just like, yeah, if if, if that happens, the, game, the game's the game. The game's the game. If that happens, <laughs> I'm like, if you drive it to you purposely, fam. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I would, I would like endanger myself, right? but like. Because, like, the driver skill, like, I feel like is just too different. And I know Hamilton obviously wants to be the top dog, but, like, someone's going to take it from him eventually. And it's just yeah. a matter of time. Like, if he wants to, like, kind of do it in a graceful way or yeah. if he wants to go out. Because the way he does it, it just probably adds on to the hate for him. Because, like, I know he's hated by a lot of people for whatever reason. Yeah, like, but I'm just like, look, yeah, he's a sick racer. He may not get along with Bottas all the time. And sometimes Bottas may not want to let him overtake to go number yeah. one. But, but the thing is, it is what it is. they decide on who is showing more progress and is more likely. And I'll be honest, okay, so with Rosberg, they didn't do that because Nico was as good as Lewis. He fought him. He raced him. He could do more than a number two driver. He wasn't a number two driver, you know? But the thing, with, the thing is with Bottas is he doesn't get the full limit out of the car. He doesn't get that out of the car. He doesn't show that pace. And because he doesn't show that pace, Mercedes aren't going to give him a chance because they need to see that he, he's too safe of a driver. He doesn't, like, he's just so, I don't know. It's it's like, I don't understand him because so, you watch a Netflix show. He's like, I'm not a number two driver. I, I'm not Lewis's, you know, right-hand man. Mm, I am, yeah. you know, Valtteri Bottas. I am this, 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 you know, and he'll say that. And you, and you, you yeah, Bottas, come on. And then you're in a race and you're like, come on. And he's just so safe. And the thing is, you can't be like that when your teammate is complete opposite of you and will fight to his inch of his life to overtake you. If you cannot do the bat- same back to him, then you are going to be a number two driver to Lewis. You are going to, Mercedes aren't going to give you a chance because you're constantly effing it up. And even as a number two, he's not that good because most of the time, they don't even have a one-two anymore because Valtteri is somewhere else and he can't even overtake the person in front. You know what I mean? It takes too long and you know yeah. i think he's he's good in the sense that he lets from what i've seen anyway he doesn't put up that much of a fight recently anyway when lewis no, needs to overtake him he doesn't but he doesn't hold yeah. up other people that's the problem yeah he 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 lets the gap get too small and then it's useless for lewis because he, he needs him for that but i'm not saying that that's, that's not a good thing because obviously if i was a formula one driver i'd be like no lewis hang on a second <laughs> 
I want to race too. And yeah. I get that he wants to race. But when he when he gets the chance to race, I don't feel like he shows his, I don't know if he has a potential, but he doesn't show it. He doesn't show that same drive that, that Nico had. Nico, don't get me wrong, he made Lewis a bad person, you know, in, in, in a sense, like they just hate it. But that was so good for F1. It was entertaining. I'm not saying, you know, we want, yeah. I wanted to see them crash, but it was good to see them both on the edge. You never knew who was going to win. You never knew what was going to happen. The drama, everything. Can you imagine if Netflix were there that year? All the drama that they would get to see. And not right now, it's boring, you know. Button doesn't say anything to Lewis. Yeah. They just they smile at each other and they, you know, they're, they're friends and everything. You know, it's a cute relationship. Yeah. But nobody really wants to see a cute relationship. They want to see like something, you know. <laughs> a bit more the thing with Nico Rosberg as well was like they were they like grew up together. Yeah, right? they did. Yeah, in karting. Yeah, they did. They were actually considered to be best friends at some point. Obviously, that relationship, you know, no longer exists. But they apparently still talk here and there. But Lewis doesn't have F1 best friends like the other drivers, which I think is one reason why some people might think, oh, he's arrogant. You know, he you know, doesn't like talking to people. But you know what it is with Lewis? He's very, very focused. Very, very focused. He's not arrogant. He's focused. And I think he's... He has showbiz best friends in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He's very soft. I don't know if you've ever seen him speak in an interview. Everyone else is so loud and more what, and, and they're, they're talking more. And Lewis mm. is... He's not rude. He is just, he's just, he's more reserved. He's not open. He's not very as open as everyone else. And he'll, he'll smile and laugh, have a, he'll have a laugh with you. But he's, he's just, the way he's so softly spoken and sort of, I don't want to say too serious because he's not always serious, but like he's just answers the question. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like that. And he wasn't originally a celebrity, was he? So you have to take him as he is, I think. We'll forget. He's F1 driver before he became this huge household name that he is now. Yeah. I think a lot of the hatred as well must just be because he's the best. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people love to hate, hate the best. And, and, and I think, yeah, and I think not only that, but say, I don't know, when Lando starts a winning streak at some point, no doubt he will. Lando mm. has a personality that people like because he's so likable. He, you know, is talkative, he's funny. He shows a lot of his personality where Lewis is like, you don't have to be the best and be constantly, you know, in everyone's face or, or or I don't know if that's the right word way to phrase it but Lewis is like I'm the best mm. he knows he's the best and then he's like but I can choose to be a bit more I don't want to say aloof maybe and that's not the right word either but a bit more reserved you know I don't have to tell you everything and I have to show you everything about me and I have to do like a million interviews you know on the Netflix show you don't see Lewis as much you don't see Mercedes as much you know because they don't want to be on it constantly then I want to show you everything whereas Red Bull are on there constantly you know it's like Christian Horner loves it I think he's lapping it up but um, Lewis is just a bit more subdued I think as a driver and they are allowed to be like that so I think people forget they're human too you know and it's funny because Kimi Raikkonen is, is, is way worse than that he, he gives you literally one word answers he's the, the worst person to interview I'd hate to interview him you'd be like how did the race go you know and you can't even hear what he's saying <laughs> It's quite funny though. He is. Feel. See, this is the thing. It's funny, isn't it? But when Lewis is aloof, it's like people don't like mm. it. So it's like, why do you like Kimmy? It's like it is his personality now. Whereas yeah. with Lewis, it's like he's not allowed to be a bit boring. He has to be exciting. He has to give more. Well, why doesn't he laugh? You know, and that's just who Louis is. Yeah, man's got knighthood. There are levels. There are levels to this game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does music as well right he does yeah in his spare time whatever spare time he has he does some music it's kind of cool yeah. actually I don't know if he's released anything he um, released like a, a song like I don't know if it's like on the chart it's not like not like a chart song like I don't think it was for anything but he had a song yeah. that he wrote and they did with who was it with was it Christina Aguilera I think I'm not even sure if it was with her now I might be making this up because I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but yeah, and it was yeah. it was good actually. The song I remember it being nice. I think another reason why people don't like him is because he's doing so many things, and a lot of people will say, in a film will say, Lewis should just stick to racing, and Lewis turns around and say, Why? Stay in your lane. I'm still a world champion. It's not a fear. People would say, you know, he should stick to racing if he wants to be world champion, and now he's got seven more titles. 
you know, bad for a driver that does like a million other things, right? A celebrity on track as well as a driver. <laughs> yeah. It's working for him, so why yeah, not? That's mad. <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to go back girls on track just briefly again. Just yeah, make sure like we covered everything there because I feel like we might have like moved on a bit quickly. Just that in general, like when when you mentioned diversity in motorsport, were you referring to that or just the general or the more broader scheme, both in like men and so women? I think there to be different girls on track is slightly out diversity with sort of just there not being enough women in motorsport in general. And then when I joined and one of the girls that I met there, Ariana Bravo, is now a presenter for for F one and you know, we still talk. She's really, really nice. And to see her, especially from the BAME community, is amazing because when I went to these events, I love Girls on Track, by the way, but when I went there, there wasn't many, there's probably like three of us in total that were not white. And so I thought, okay, there's another, there's another issue here. And that is diversity in, within the women, never mind the, the men. It's not just women and men anymore. It's about diversity in, hmm. you know, what background people are from. And even F1, you don't see many other, you know, you see some, you see women now, of course, maybe not as, as much. You do see a lot of women now. What you don't see is, you don't see Asian women, you know. You don't see these people, so young girls don't think they could go into this. And I think that's changed, starting to only become an issue now and maybe change a little bit. Ariana got this job, and that's amazing, you know. There are other females now who are not white who are getting opportunities in Formula 1, but it's still not enough. Obviously, you know, you want to see drivers you want to see engineers but i feel like that's going to come a come a bit of a long way yet i think and when i joined girls on track i made this I'm, i sort of wanted to make it more clear that that's what i wanted to sort of work on and they've been amazing with that the fact that ariana came from there you know is really amazing and i'm sure they are so happy for her because she her career has just after you know whilst joining it she started a podcast about diversity in, in, in motorsport, uh, namely in F1. And now look where she is. So I think, you know, diversity yeah. is definitely an issue that I think we're all working on. And I would love to see myself in F1. So yeah, Before the episode, I did actually try to see what, if there's like a separate, like women's racing league for F1 or so on. And there wasn't, there's only been like five or six drivers in F1 over like 50, 60 years. And I was just like, raw. I didn't know that. So like, yeah, hoping that some more can get into the sport because it'd be nice to see someone else giving. Yeah, like you know, like some diversity giving a run for the money to. Wait, there there isn't a there isn't like a female equivalent. There's nothing um equivalent. There is they'll have, for example, Formula Two, and they'll have uh, W Series, which has women. One of the ones that I've spoken to uh, is called Jamie Chadwick, and she's really good. But there's nothing for women. Nothing specifically for women. Everything is just if you get in, you get in. Yeah. Because you have to basically you have to qualify in a driver program. You have to qualify. You have to do like laps. And if your time isn't as good as the men, they don't care or women or men, they won't take you on. They have tried an F one and they've had but and this sounds bad that I'm even saying this, but the women just weren't I wanna say so I'll just say on the day or maybe or just these particular people were not clearly for the F one teams thought were not good enough for them. And so they didn't, and and there's a lot of people that won't watch F1 if there's women in there because they will think it's not the same. They'll say, "Well, you wouldn't have men play women in football, so why would you have men race women in F1?" And I don't know, I don't know what to think of it because, like at the same time, it's like it's very different. You know, it's not the same physical strength needed, but at the same time, I will say the one thing I will say, speaking to some of the female drivers, is. They will say their training is a lot harder because obviously you're not naturally going to have strength, upper body strength. The pull on the car is so fierce, especially in single-seater mm. racing. So they will have to do a lot of work to be on the same level. Not that they don't do it because I think some of the film drivers are absolutely amazing. They just haven't been given the chance and it's, it's a shame really. And I think F1's got so, so long to go before they even... I feel like they're not even considering it at the moment, you know? So sad, but I think they have test drivers that basically test the cars, and that's about it right now. Yeah, no, ladies or so on. That is it. Yeah, they'll have test drivers, yeah. and obviously they'll say, you know, this is our our way of including, you know, this is our way of introducing diversity. But obviously, it's a long way to go. You know, the fact that there aren't any 
other black drivers since Lewis Hamilton is, is is like a huge thing, isn't it? Like literally Lewis Hamilton and no one else has joined ever since, you know. And, and is he the first and only? Yeah, he's the first and only in F1. Yeah, I don't think there's been any other anyone else. Um, there's been other black drivers in other things, I think, and but they've never joined with the ranks of F1. And, and it is baffling, isn't it? Because you think someone that's got such a high level in F1 as well would have inspired young, you know, boys, you know, of mm. young black boys, I suppose, to get into the same thing. And of course, but it's not just about, you know, color of your skin. It's about money, isn't it? I've heard like it's incredibly expensive to like get into it as a young 100%. person. You can't just be like, I want to be like, you know how with football, you can be good because you can start playing you can just get a ball and you can start playing you can join a football team yeah, yeah. in f1 you wouldn't even know if you were good at it because you couldn't afford to go go-karting you couldn't afford to buy a go-kart and go to go-karting races and race tracks and and race and then fix the car there's so much to it that unless your parents were millionaires there's no way you'd be able to have a hobby like that and maintain it and bring it into it as a career just not feasible i did a story with a young boy 16 years 16 17 years old i can't remember when i did a couple of months ago he he wants to be a formula one driver but his parents don't have the money for it so they have like go for me page and he bought a go-kart now and it don't be wrong it's great it's amazing but it's like i know this sounds hard when i was i felt so sorry for him because it just seemed so unlikely that he will get a chance because unless you have a lot of money and by a lot of money i don't mean a couple of grand you need like you need like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, because how can you make? Because you mm-hmm. you need to buy. Okay, so a go kart probably costs a good one. Probably costs about four or five grand as it is. You can get one for cheaper if you're starting out, I suppose. You won't get anything cheaper than two grand defo. And I wouldn't buy anything cheaper than that to be honest, because then it wouldn't be as good, was it? Then you need tools to fix it. You know when things go wrong, or and then you might need to find a garage that's going to fix it every time things go wrong, or to make it better for you, to improve it for you things like that then you need to sign up to obviously going to these race days and then depending on where you live you're gonna get there somehow and you're gonna need a a truck or something for where you're gonna put the car you can't just put it in your boot do you know what i mean then transport how you gonna get there and these places aren't close you know donnington park Alton park these places are in the middle of nowhere usually so you have to get there from wherever you live you know once you get there you have to pay to be there there's so much money involved that it's not, you, and then if we do it every weekend, how how many times are you going to do it? How many times are you going to race? So also, I think you have to like pass certain tests and get certain licenses as well along the way, which all costs like some serious, some serious bread. Yeah, you need your racers driving license. They call it. You need that. You need to do lots of tests for them in order to qualify and to get your license um, for the track and things like that. That takes a while. That takes quite a while for them to check everything and it is quite expensive as well. So all these things a normal kid couldn't do. That's why most F1 drivers come from money, fortunately. Yeah. And then Lewis, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't to explain that to my brother. Like, if you want to do it, you're going to have to do it somehow with the money you earn, but you can't. I was he thinking of like getting into it? Like, probably. Always, he always wanted to do it, the youngest one. But basically, I was the only one that I think in the household at the time was saying, look, if you want to do it, yeah. Look at how you get there, all these qualifications, all this stuff here. Yeah. And it seems that all of these lot are millionaires. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying you can do it. You can probably race in your own time in the future, but you're going to have to do it on your own money because we don't have that kind of bread yeah. to get you there. But And they may say no straight up here. Yeah. Like the parents may say no straight up. But if you want to do it, you could do it. And I'll support you, but you have to just make sure you educate yourself, get good education. And then if you can um, do whatever racing or qualification aside and you can sign up, then go ahead and do so. But if it's going to say like a hundred grand, I have to pay for you next week. That's not happening. You know, like. <laughs> would you want your kid to get into F1? Like considering how it. like dangerous it is as well. I wouldn't mind it. Like if, if they want to do it, go ahead, do it. That's it? good. Be supportive. <laughs> Remember that like, we grew up in a very different generation to what they'll ideally grow up. And we should ideally be enabling them a lot more than. Remember that conversation we had where I said, if my kid wanted to become like a boxer or MMA fighter, I'd let them do it. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not an issue. It's like, let them do it. I'll just try it. If it's, Hopefully it's not money limitation, but I'll try and see if I can sort it out, whatever. I'll just cut yeah. out some of my luxuries in life at the yeah. time. It's not an issue, but <laughs> it's you know. Just wouldn't take out or something. Like, you <laughs> might as well let them. Cut out a few banana trees, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not exactly racing, but you are getting into motorsport 
is in your training to become a marshal. Yeah, so right. I applied and I've got training day coming up, I think in September, I think, at my local racetrack. And I'm going to train to be a marshal. I'm really excited, actually. I, I don't know, this is like a spur of the moment kind of thing for me, but I think I was thinking about it. I saw another girl do it and I just thought, hmm, this is something that I could do. Another way to get in, I think. Not just to get in, but it just seems like something interesting to do. Like, you know, I've never really seen many girls do it. I know one girl that does it and she's the only Asian female, female Asian marshal in motorsport at the moment. So that's like really cool. And something that I think is looks fun. I know people know much about marshalling, but you're at the side of the track. You could be placed anywhere. And then, you know, clean the track, wave the flags. They do a bunch of stuff, of course, other than that. But those are mainly their tasks. And it just looks like... Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what exactly is... Yeah, so obviously if there's, say, you know, there's a safety car out on track, nobody can overtake, then it's their job to show flags. Now, we've come a long way in technology, so they will have screens for this now, especially in F1. They'll have screens that'll show the drivers what it is, what flag it is and stuff. There's, like, so many different flags. But they will still have a marshal wave it just in case you didn't see the screen as well. Sometimes, I don't know, you might miss it. I don't know. I was wondering that. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, like, if I'm driving and someone, like, waves, I don't know what the flags were, blue, white, black, I don't know what other ones. All of those. Red, All of maybe, those. <laughs> but I was like... If I'm driving, I'm racing someone. How do I know if it's for me or for the person in front of me? If they're just on the side, like waving a flag, and would I even like look to the side to check if there's your a flag? I'm like concentrating. Yeah, on the... well, so what you are you about to say is right. Your team would would let you know if it was specifically for you, and also you'd know because sometimes mm. on the screen they'll have the driver number, and they'll say da da da, you know, this is for you, blah blah. blah. So you yeah. kind of see it. If you miss it, that's why they have the other flags just in case someone misses something. You know, this is. Uh, safety car means you know you know overtaking kind of overtake you'll get penalty if you overtake so they'll, they'll wave the yellow flags for that so you'll know there have been times that drivers will maybe not ignore it but miss it and then do something and then be like but I didn't see it do you know what I mean Lewis done it before where he's not, said yeah. no oh, yeah, I, I didn't that. see yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and and then there's like mm, okay but then the stewards FIA will say well you should have you should have saw it so you should have seen it but it's not our fault you didn't see it you weren't paying attention clearly oh. so <laughs> but I'm, he's paid attention to the race then. Not, I'm not looking to like the side of the road yeah but they're like it's like if you're driving and you're missing a traffic light like you're not paying attention to the traffic yeah. light also like... yeah but if if I'm racing on the road though I'm not paying attention to traffic lights either man no, 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 but you see like I see both sides of the view but I feel like Lewis was more in the wrong that time that he, he was said, probably. I know like he didn't see it he wasn't paying attention he was in the zone but he was in the wrong because he yeah. I think it was like two different things he missed it wasn't like one if he missed one thing at one turn you know fair yeah. enough maybe because he was like, I think he was right behind. He just didn't see well, it because he just two. wasn't looking. Which don't get me wrong, it happens, but but it's still his fault. It's yeah. still his fault for That's not looking. Because because you do it every other race, you know, and you, and you know you have to pay attention, especially in F one. You can't be zoning out in F one, although they do sometimes, and they'll they'll be yeah. honest and say, yeah, I was thinking about dinner or something like that, you know. But yeah. Yeah, so like in the heat of the moment, it's obviously possible to miss two, but like still, that's technically still his fault, you know. So like, yeah, it's, it's not like. Screw it, as in it's like either way, like it could cause an accident. You missed it. your team. Probably yeah, also it's a told huge you. thing to miss because yeah. you could cause an accident. Because if if you haven't slowed down and the other person in front of you has, and you're going over 230 miles an hour, you know, you could very easily cause yeah. a massive accident and really injure someone or kill someone. So obviously, they take these things very seriously. So, have you looked on go karting ever? I have. I oh. have, like, but like a really long time ago. Yeah, basically, they're like, they're pretty strict as well. Like, if they put a yellow light up or a red light, yeah. you need to stop. Or if you get black flagged, you need to, like, get off. Because you you literally will crash in this one. I remember, like, a few times, the most, a few years ago when I went, yeah, I was driving, yeah, I wasn't doing too well. I won't lie, I was going, it was my first time, right? But I remember, yeah, I was doing stupid overtakes. I didn't get in trouble for mines because, like, I still didn't oh. crash into anyone. But I remember someone, yeah, <laughs> spun into a corner and, like, crashed out right in front of me. And I was like, right there ready to overtake you yeah, i was just like i had my foot down i didn't slow down after the turn like they did so i was all ready to go but they spun out and hit the thing and then i went right into the back of them oh, and, I was like, no. and then someone went into the back of me basically pilot. it was like <laughs> the best driver the best driver was right behind me and i could feel the pressure because i just overtook him the turn before that was this was like the best part of my entire that like the few like minutes then 
were the best part of my driving. After that, oh, it was all no. back to shit. Yeah. <laughs> we had your moment. <laughs> but I remember I overtook him. Yeah, because w- what happened is when we kept overtaking each other, we kept yelling at each other. We'll be like, I'll be like, yo, yo. And he'll be like, yo, yo, back or something. Like, we'll say his name or something because we knew each other's. Like, we were like right neck and neck. I was glad that I was keeping up with him, but I did shit in general, yeah. But then when I overtook him and then when that crash happened and he went into the back of me, I was just like, <sighs> after that, it was over. I remember like, I feel I felt like the whiplash in my neck. Oh, that day honestly, well. you feel pain, like, oh, don't you? Yeah. Afterwards, yeah, I, I had a whiplash the next day. I went and I, in fact, I had a massive bruise on my back and my shoulder because I had a massive accident in one of the laps, but I still won. So, you know. <laughs> thing is, most people, yeah, I want, most I want people to go, go into it thinking just speed. They just think speed, but you, you can't just be fast, obviously. Which is normal. We're driving. We all know this. You know, you, you can't just be fast. You need to make sure you're taking the corner well. You're slowing down at the right time. Some people have to slow down way before. Some people can do it really last minute. Obviously, go kart is fun. You know, you're not going to be seriously thinking, you know, tactical stuff because. I wasn't because I was like, well, it's fun, isn't it? But you know what it is? When you start racing in the go-kart, something happens. You get really comp- You just, Suddenly, you, you feel like you lose Hampton. You feel like, no, I have to win. To yeah, I have to win now. These are people are going. <laughs> yeah. that You eye them up like you do realize I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything to overtake you. I'm going to win. Yeah. You don't even re- it's so weird. Like I don't even see it myself. I didn't see it myself. And then when I like started racing, some of the girls that are racing me were like, being a bit nicer and we're like oh don't be you don't have to be too aggressive and I was like nope F this I'm here to win <laughs> it's just a random go-kart race I'm gonna win it well that basically all the because I rewatched like Fast and Furious Death Race and Need for Speed before uh... as well yeah like <laughs> I feel like I did that I remember doing that once before a driving lesson yeah bad idea and I just couldn't stop like <laughs> putting my foot on the accelerator like oh the <laughs> I'm like those. Those are movies I want to shout at the end. Like, the death race and Need for Speed. Because I rewatched Need for Speed recently. I'm like, but I was just like, foot down, just foot down. But like th- by this point, like I was like nearing my test, so like I was already quite like you know okay with the oh, roads. It's just that because it was my road as well. I just put my foot down because I didn't want to have to like you know pull into the side to let another car through. I was like, I'm getting to the other side <laughs> one way or the other without stopping. <laughs> Before we wrap up, there was a. One other thing I know you wanted to talk about in regards to like motorsport, and that was um, Formula E and the W Series as well. So I guess they're like, to be honest, I'm not really sure what they are. <laughs> no, no, people would not. So yeah, Formula E is just electric, and W Series is just another single-seater form of racing. Uh, w Series is more up-and-coming, I would say, and they do have some good drivers. Like I mentioned before, Jamie Chadwick, she's a really good driver. She's a W Series. It is good, and I think I'm getting into them because, you know, it's not just about F1. There are other... And the thing is, as well, is these drivers from F1 started somewhere else, and most of them came from Formula 2. So it's like they come from other other things before they join. And a lot of the F1 teams will watch them in other sports. It will watch W Series. I watch Formula 2, Formula E, and see who's do, who's good, who's doing well. You know, who can we pinch at some point? Who can we lure in, of course, because that's where they come from. So. Formula E, I've, I'm really getting into. I actually think, especially with the, how the world is going, we're going into electric you know, cars in the future. So Formula E is the future. And a lot of F1 fans maybe not like it. Maybe didn't, especially the traditional older ones. But it is the future. And I think Formula 1 isn't. And Formula E is. Because things are electric. They're not as fast yet. But they're getting better every year. In the first year, a couple of years, Formula E was you had to they had to change the battery uh, on the car. So basically, they had to get out and then charge and then go into another charged car. They had to literally jump out. It was like actually when you watched it, they okay. would they would stop the car. The driver would jump out of the car and jump into another one and just go. Now they don't have to do that. Now the car can last the whole race. I could go and miss it, you know, because I'm like I wish they hadn't improved that one because it's kind of fun. Are they gonna get up? It's like you know, watching them, you know, run like in like a triathlon. Are they gonna get there? Yeah. It's like it's, it's almost like a relay race. <laughs> and then it's like literally, if you're a good driver, but you're just slow. Yeah, walk to the <laughs> next car, just Effective. casually take your time. The other guy's so behind me, never yeah. gonna catch up. <laughs> Go to the toilet before you get in the car. I was gonna say like at Warwick, actually, they they did like battery tech in the WMG buildings, and I don't don't know if you know for like the it was mainly for Jaguar, but I'm pretty sure they did it for like the Formula E series cars as well. It may be kind of wrong, but like I know they did some battery work extensive, especially for like motorbiles. Because you know how I used to get food from the WMG building, sneak in and get food? I definitely saw like the stuff. And the new building I thought was for battery related research as well. 
So like I'm pretty sure we would have seen like some cool stuff, some sort of battery thing, but we would have never known what I it was. See. How can you how can you watch these? Are they are these shown on like Sky Sports or on the BBC? Formula E is shown and on ITV W series. I don't think it's shown or anything. No, I don't think it is yet. But I think it's growing momentum, so it will do. Sky Sports will sometimes show other things, but mostly they'll just show Formula One. They won't go into other stuff because not much of not much people are watching that stuff, I think. But Formula E is huge now. So and, and it's huge because they're also getting new races added on and more because rac- they only had like at the beginning they had like, probably like, have like five a year or something. Now they have ten, eleven and they and they've added on even more for next year. Added like three more dates. So they're gradually increasing and eventually they'll be at the same as F one, which I think is about Seventeen, eighteen, I think this year. I think the add and change as well. So, is it realistic to think like at some point in future Formula One won't exist and it will be Formula, Formula E one or something? Yeah, do you know, I it, it's hard because the way the world is going, you would assume that Formula E and I keep like I said is the future is what's going to become dominant because that's how we are moving and more, more and more people are concerned with you know and these Formula One cars. Think of the amount of pollution they're causing you know mm. and don't get me wrong i understand that it's a bit contradictory then when people like lewis hamilton and sebastian but i'll speak about the environment when they're <laughs> literally polluting it the most you know in, in a sense what they're doing like you know their car one individual yeah. is so so much but i would say a formula one will still exist but in a different way they will have to find a way to either make it equivalent or I don't know. They're going to have to find something because I do think more and more people will be interested in Formula E and the F1 fans at the minute aren't just traditional fans who are into speed and motorsport and cars. F1 fans can be anyone now. You know, it can be literally, like you said, like Lando Torres's little fan base of, you know, YouTubers and stuff. It can be you know, fashion forward mm-hmm. people who love what Lewis Hampton wears. Like, literally, it can be anything now. I don't think the traditional fan exists as much. So, and they're going to like Formula E more because it's part of culture now to care about the environment as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I reckon they'll probably have to introduce electric into F1. Yeah, I agree. To do they'll it. have to because. Like, they still need to keep the F1 brand and the, the drivers, people would probably still want to see yeah. those drivers. I think. The only time they might actually start thinking about doing that, I think, is when Formula E cars are as fast. Because at the minute, they're not as fast as Formula 1 cars. Yeah. and No driver's going to want to like take a slow. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. They would they? Why really? would they? Because currently, they're driving the fastest. So they're not going to want to go down from that. And so until Formula E can do something that makes those cars a lot faster than what they are, I think until then, they won't consider it. And also, it's about this, you know, the sound. It's very, Formula E cars are quiet. They don't make a sound. When I was at Formula One, I was at the race okay. last weekend now. I couldn't hear myself think. Like, especially before Formula One, they had Formula Two. They had a Formula Two race. Those cars are even louder and not in a good way. Like, some, when Formula One cars are on track, I'm, <laughs> it's loud, and, but I'm loving it. When Formula Two cars are on the track, I'm, it's loud, and I'm not loving it. I feel like my whole body is vibrating with the car. Like I just feel like my organs are being shifted around. <laughs> That's how it feels. You feel like it's going to explode. Yeah, if I, was, if I was sitting there thinking, I don't think I should be here. <laughs> I feel like I might puke up my lunch <laughs> from three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man. I guess I guess it would just be a kind of like watch watch this space, see what. Yeah, see what definitely. With it. I think. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I think we're coming up to the end of the episode. There's still there's like loads more we still could have talked about, but I think we're yeah we're running running Before slightly out of time. Took up so much time. <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll begin to uh, wrap up, and I think you can mention mention a couple of your other things in the shout out. So we end it off with like some final questions, mm-hmm. a call out, and a shout out. So the final questions, I'll go first, and the first one is: What is one piece of advice? you would give to a younger you? The one piece of advice I would give to the younger me is definitely to make your own opportunities because I feel like when I was younger, I have always felt bad for not having someone else's opportunity. You know, where where did they find it? You know, how do I get that? 
And I think as I got older, I've stopped looking for the perfect opportunity. Instead, I'm making it. I'm creating it myself. Perfect opportunity, I don't think, just comes in your lap. Well, most for some people. The most time, it doesn't. And I feel like that's one thing I wish I knew when I was younger. So that I would have started a lot sooner. You know, started doing my own things a lot sooner. Rather than wait for it. We'll wait for someone to say, hey, do you want this? You know, hey, apply for this job or whatever like that. So that's the one thing that I would definitely would give to a younger me. Sweet. The second question is, what's on your bucket list? On my bucket list, so many things. So I really want to actually sign up to Formula Woman, a Formula Women, which is basically you get your own go-kart. Obviously, you have to pay for it. And you just start racing. And it's a new thing that just they just started where anyone can join. And you just start racing in a, in a crap car or a go-kart or something. And I know it sounds crazy. What do I know about motorsport, you know? But I want to join it. I don't even know if I'm even going to be any good. But that's on my bucket list now. It's something that I have to do. I don't know why, but it's just something. And I feel like it helped me to understand more about the sport that I'm so in love with. So that's one of the things I want to do. I have so many other things too. I want to, you know, I want to travel, of course. You know, everybody wants to travel. I felt that's very, not very specific, is it? But I don't just want to travel. I want to, I want to go to different countries and I want to maybe do it like a job there or something, like something different. I don't know. I just feel like I'm always, I've always got things I want to learn and I want to make sure that I'm, I've got this opportunity everywhere I go. So yeah, that's like on my bucket list for so many things. Now that, that you're asking me, I feel like I've forgotten everything that I want to do. <laughs> everything is just like going over my head. I would love to go to more races. I want to go to the New York Formula E Grand Prix because that would be absolutely amazing. Nice. Then Yeah, that sounds cool. On my bucket list at the moment is actually to go to F1 Amazing. Race, I think. Yeah, I want to. I definitely point. recommend going to Silverstone because the vibe, the buzz there. Yeah, it probably will be yeah, Silverstone. Just, it's absolutely yeah, amazing. I cannot stress it enough. If you can camp, because camping is a whole experience while you're there, you know. I feel like it's part of the... You can almost forget there's an F1 race going on. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like the race is just the background. <laughs> it does. There's so much <laughs> going on. Yeah. Next question, and this is... One we ask every guest, and that is, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? Do I have one? <laughs> that, that, that's even better. I don't think I have one. Not, no, I can't think of one anyway. It's from the top of my head. No. <laughs> I don't think I've got one. <laughs> I, I sound very boring now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. The next section is a call-out or a nomination. This is basically where you can nominate one or many people to hopefully be a guest on in the future. Is there anyone you'd like to see on the One of the persons I'd love to see on a podcast is one of my old best friends from high school, Monica, because, yeah, she's just amazing. She has a lot of stuff to say, to talk about. She's been friends for ages. So, and, you know, she's, she's living life. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Oh, I'd also really like to nominate my flatmate, actually, Fran, who's also a journalist and works for the MEN. Um, which is a big deal here. I don't know if you guys know, Manchester Evening News is like huge. Yeah. <laughs> Especially up north. I'm a, I'm a May Night fan, oh, so I, okay. I, see, uh, yeah, I see Manchester Evening News a lot. Okay. <laughs> she lives with me. It's funny. We're just two journalists living out. Like, we're working for rival companies, by the way, which is so funny. <laughs> we just come home and I just be like, I can't tell you what I did today, just so you don't, you know, copy me. Or Basically, Lewis Hamilton against Nico Rosberg. It is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll be like should I tell her something after I've done it because then I've done it and then she can just do it but like it's like I'm still being a friend but I also did it already <laughs> but awesome yeah we'll, we'll tag we'll tag her when uh, we, we release your episode Brilliant. thank you last bit is a shout out so basically anything you want to kind of plug promote tell people to check out we'll put the put the links to in the description so uh, yeah Alina, yeah anything? I would love to shout out to my motorsport channel that I run is called Speedway Girls Tour. I started it like a couple of months ago and we just do little vlogs. I'm currently going to release something on my time at Silverstone and I would love people wanting to know more about F1. Even if you're not a fan, you can learn so much from us because I actually go through the basics of F1, go through the rules and I'm working on that. I also recently, very, very recently, like literally a couple of days ago, started a boxing channel called Boxers Survive. I speak to a lot of boxers, especially up north, and I do lots of interviews with them. 
going to boxing matches now and I'm learning. So people who, who follow this page just be, know that I'm not like a massive boxing nerd. I'm basically learning with the channel. And I think that's kind of cool because it's like an unbiased view that I have that I'm just like learning things while I'm, while I'm working on it. So I'd yeah. love it if people would follow those pages if they feel want to. They don't have to, but <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Bo- Boxer Survivor. I like, I like the name. I like the name. I got it from, well, actually, I won't say where I got it from. Hayish? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually interested to hear that. I thought you just drive to survive. Yeah. <laughs> I just copied it. <laughs> I just saw, <laughs> you know, it's not copying, technically. Netflix don't own it. <laughs> no, no, no. Just switch it up. Just like copy your homework, but change it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my shout-outs are going to be, I'm going to shout I'll put the exact year of the two death races that I enjoy watching the most in the description uh-huh. I'll find it because they have enough backstory for you to enjoy those movies and Need for Speed and then music wise I'm just obviously going to shout out Dave's album We're All Alone in This Together don't listen to it on a run <laughs> listen to it like <laughs> you, need, you need to take it in it's quite a quite a it's quite a mad album but yeah I'll, I'll just shout out Drive to Survive the like TV TV show if anyone's not watched it go check that out Formula 1 as well it's got like some really good films as well out there I think uh, Rush I really enjoyed Rush Senna the uh kind of biopic documentary on on Ayrton Senna's kind of career. Yeah, a couple, couple of really good films out there. And yeah, thanks so much, Alima, for thanks coming for on the episode. Me. No, it's been great. Learned uh, learned a lot about F1 and motorsport and just like the general uh, broader like motorsport, motorsport uh, sport. Thank I you. Guess. You can always call me for F1 rants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wicked. But yeah, hope hope everyone else has enjoyed the episode. And we will catch you all next week. All right. See you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.